With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Show. I'm your man, Smitty, and we're going to do it live as we do it every Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We usually go. It's scheduled for an hour every day. We've been going two hours pretty much every day. Appreciate every one of you following in. Today we're doing an ADP ranking show. Of course, we're taking phone calls. Of course, we're doing the voicemails. We're doing all the regular stuff we normally do. So get them thumb up counts up. Subscribe if you're new. And let's get to it. Meet the Woo. Appreciate you being here. The Bruce, Raphael, James, first in the building was Jeb. We got Ron Navy in here. Philip, Michael K, CPA, Bo. Uh, we got Smitty, uh, Bark, uh, Blackbeard. Um, everybody's here. Whole clan's here. Thorbear, um, filing in. 60 of you watching, please punch the thumb up. Wipe your feet. Guys, I talked about it yesterday. I talked about it a little bit the day before. Every single day that goes by, I feel more and more confident about this statement. I'm avoiding Nick Chubb in 2022. I'm avoiding every single Cleveland Brown player except for Kareem Hunt. Because Kareem Hunt has now entered back into potential flex-type value territory. Paul with a super chat. Paul, I appreciate you. Paul, if you have a comment attached to that, I'll look for it. East Coast Taddy, what is up, my guy? Sandu's in the house. Ryan, what's up? What's up, Coach Ryan? Meet the woo. Bella, check yourself. Appreciate every single one of you. Chubb is going in the 14 to 18 overall territory in your draft. Too too expensive for me. Too expensive. I understand there's upside. I understand he's a pure running. He's the best pure running back on the team. But this guy, Kareem Hunt, is almost as good between the tackles. You can you can complain about that. You can tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. We all have opinions, and I'm okay if your opinion varies from mine. I'm not going to get upset at you if you have a different opinion. I'm not going to be right about everything I talk about. It's gonna it's gonna happen. Your boy Smitty's gonna miss hardcore on a couple players. It happens every year, but. I believe that we land more than we miss, of course, or we wouldn't be here, right? And to me, I smell a problem in Cleveland that just keeps getting, the odor keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And if you're thinking things aren't getting worse by the day in Cleveland, you're kidding yourself. You're a you're a dog pound loyalist, and I get it, I respect it, but there's no way that I'm feeling good whatsoever about these Cleveland Brown players, except for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was literally, was literally a third, fourth round pick for a couple a couple years. Now he enters for the very first time in, a, in several years, flex territory once again. We're going to break down the ADP and talk about his running back 30 ranking. He's the 30th ranked running back on ADP rankings for running backs. Number 30, you're talking about and I love him too. Tony Pollard territory. I love Tony Pollard. I love Kareem Hunt. 
These are potential league winners. Cream Hunt's now a league winner again. He's not a risky third or fourth round pick. And it, it has something to do with the whole Cleveland Brown situation that's making him fall. Because nothing's really changed from year to year. He's still the same player in the same position he was last year and the year before when Cream Hunt was going in the fourth round. Now he's going in sometimes the seventh and eighth round. And I absolutely love his value because the team is going to, they're going to face eight man front after eight man front. Defenses are going to try to make Brissett win the game. And, and they're gonna they're gonna need to turn to a running back that can also catch the football a little better than Nick Chubb. I'm not saying that Kareem Hunt's gonna unseat a healthy Nick Chubb. I'm not a complete moron. I'm telling you that this guy's gonna come for about 40% of the work. That's gonna devalue him. And if he's got a good grip on 40% of the work and this man gets injured, guess what happens? Kareem Hunt comes in and delivers low-end running back one production per start. And maybe he starts four or five games. Maybe he becomes a secret weapon, win a league player, because he only plays four or five games as a starter, but it's down the stretch when you need it. The the likelihood of injury is further downstream. When you maybe need a running back, when you maybe be trying to climb into your, your playoff uh, contention, and you've got Cream Hunt sitting there like Tony Pollard to win you a league. Love it. Flex value running back three all day long. The only Cleveland Brown I'm going near. He's an absolute steal at running back 30. I'm avoiding Nick Chubb at all costs in 2022 because you will not get Nick Chubb in the third round. That's where I might entertain the idea of taking Nick Chubb again. And you might say, Smitty, (laughs) Nick Chubb's not falling into round three. Are you a moron? I know. By design, I'm telling you. Unless Nick Chubb falls into an unlikely third round value, I'm going to pass. Hard pass on Nick Chubb. Doesn't mean I don't like him. Doesn't mean he can't deliver. It means the risk is growing by the day. The stench of this team right now is bad. It's looking bad. It's going to get worse. Maybe Deshaun Watson only gets six to eight games. There are, are there are Browns podcasts everywhere, granted Browns podcasts everywhere, that are today talking about how there's a potential. We got, we got a new YouTube sub- member. A new YouTube member. Appreciate having you, Roger. Roger's a part of the YouTube exclusive membership, which I'll drop a link in the chat and pin it. And you guys can have all the emojis that this man's about to drop. Roger, can we get you to drop some of the new emojis that you've just been gifted by the membership? Having access, drop some, throw some some moon shots out there. If you want YouTube membership access, here's the link. I'm going to pin it in the chat. That's how you can grab a hold of that bad boy. So I'm going to pin that in the chat. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, we had a couple uh, super chats. Cameron, I appreciate the super chat. I, I, I really do. You guys are absolutely amazing. I, I, Paul, thank you again, my man. Thank you again. Paul's the man. Cameron says, check out this big three, Pollard, Smitty, Utrid. If anybody doesn't know who Utrid is, they haven't watched Last Kingdom on Netflix. He is one of the best characters ever invented for streaming TV purposes. Go watch Last Kingdom. Uhtred to the moon. To the moon. Absolutely. And Pollard to the moon. To the moon. And Kareem Hunt 
Little baby moonshot, baby. To the moon. Because Kareem Hunt is going at a ridiculous running back 30 value. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, Phil, appreciate you. Destiny is all, says Matt. Destiny is all. To the moon. Go watch, go watch Last Kingdom. You'll know what I'm talking about. You won't be able to stop it. You'll be streaming all night long. You'll be streaming streaming all night long. Ron Navy getting the welcome from uh I'm sorry. Roger getting the welcome from Ron Navy. I think we got another one. We got another one, ladies and gentlemen. As these come piling in, Navage, as these come piling in, Navage, DM me on Instagram right now. I got something to tell you. As these come piling in, we get more and more emojis to get unlocked too. We get all these different like perks as we get a bigger community of these YouTube exclusive memberships. And if you have one, there are two levels, one of them for the video calls uh, that we do every Sunday. And then the other level, the $1.99 hauler, it's a buck ninety-nine to be a member and it's linked in the in the live stream. You get all these emojis, you can drop them like crazy. Um, I want to see you Navage drop some emojis and DM me. Um... You also get exclusive chat member uh, access to me when we do live streams for the for the Start Bench shows. Not going to lock down the entire show or every show or anything, but we're going to give YouTube exclusive members that are dropping a dollar ninety nine holler to help support the show. We're going to give you exclusive access because during the Start Bench shows and when we're live during the season, right now it's July seven. We got eighty five people in here. Hit the thumb up button. Wipe your feet. We got eighty five people in here. When we get busier. When we get toward, you know, the Thursday, Friday night, Saturday night shows that are close to, to week one, we're going to be popping in here and it's going to be impossible to see every message. Right now, I can kind of almost read every single message. East Coast Taddy joining. Atta boy, East Coast Taddy. Drop a few emojis, my man. Um, as we get more of these memberships, man, when we when we lock it down to member only chats, we're only members. Of the dollar ninety nine or above membership are in here. We're still gonna have the, the chat going like this because you guys are just filling this bad boy up. Uh, absolutely love it. We got Cameron in here. We got Pearson. We got Ron Navy. We got uh, we got Grind for Gold. Just just did a Grind for Gold right here, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. you guys are awesome. This community is far and away, I got a ruling, this community is far and away the best community on YouTube. We are rocking it. Join my Discord, go to thefantasyfootballshow.com, click the Discord button. We're growing that bad boy too. Um, on to the next topic, uh, ADP rankings. Let's go through the industry average ADP rankings. These are average between multiple ADPs out there in the industry and we're going to break down each and every one of these running backs we'll do a wide receiver show we'll do this running back show we'll do a tight end and quarterback show uh is Smitty's getting his squats in today yeah that's part of the 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 awesome part about every time I got to stand up and clap Thor Bear joined the memberships every time I got to get up and stand it's a squat. It's a squat. I'm working the abs. Uh, 60 likes is Pearson. Let's get those likes up because we got about 90 to 100 people watching. So appreciate that, Pearson. Let's get to these ADP rankings as the memberships roll in. Uh, JT is not the number one, says 
the says the number one fantasy football expert. <laughs> I love I love when people claim like no no offense, pal. Don't get upset at me. I love when people claim they're the best, especially when you go to their Instagram and they have like twenty four followers and they're like number one analyst on Instagram for rankings. I just started. <laughs> I love the confidence, though. JT's not number one. Not a good start to the new profession, bro. JT's not number one. Who's number one, broski? Tell me. Call into the phone line. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Okay, I think he's kidding. I I would love to know if anybody doesn't think JT's number one. Okay, so let's go over these ADP rankings. These are running backs. Call Saul. These are running backs. Um, Fine with this ranking. We're good with that, okay? We're good with that. Eckler. We're fine with that ranking. We're going to go ahead and put that right there. Chucky. Chucky became a YouTube member. Chucky is an OG on top of it. Chucky gets a moonshot as well because Chucky's an OG. Absolute OG on the channel. I think Chucky, Chucky was, I think Chucky was there when I was born. When I was born, Chucky was there rooting me on. Um, Eckler. MJ. Man, I'm getting some squats. <laughs> I'm getting some squats in today. Where were we at? Here we go. <laughs> I'm even getting out of breath. I'm so out of shape. <laughs> it's like I'm getting up over and over. Um, where are we at? Okay. McCaffrey. Uh, I don't like this ranking. I'm going to go ahead and say no thank you on the McCaffrey ranking. I'm not saying he can't earn it. I'm not saying he's going to completely bust on everybody. I'm just saying I don't like him number three. There, there are. I think Najee needs to be number three. Uh, Zach Linton. Uncle Piff joining the memberships. To the moon. RGB. Russian collusion. Did it show Russian collusion as well? I feel like his didn't pop up. Russian collusion. There he is. (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Atta boy, Russian. Appreciate you, good buddy. Drop some emojis. The link for this is in the chat pinned if you want to become a YouTube member. We're pop- we're popping off on them today. We're popping off. I think if we ever get like 10 in one single live stream, like a mandatory hour and a half show instead of the hour or something. Or I got to do some kind of like 50 pull-ups or something. Or we'll come up with something, whatever you guys want. Um, Derek Henry, I mean, these aren't horrible ADPs. I'm just going to like, I'm going to put, I'm not going to put check red check marks or red X's next to players that I don't think are horrible. I'm going to put them next to just the bad ones. I'm not going to give McCaffrey a check mark. I'm not going to give Derek Henry a check mark. I don't like the values when you got guys like Najee Harris. Love that ADP. Derek Henry, it's not horrible. It's just not, I think it's just a high likelihood of disappointing. Um, Dalvin Cook. It's not horrible. Javante. 
is just some of the most phenomenal ADP value you're going to find. DeAndre Swift, some of the most phenomenal ADP value you are going to find. Nick Chubb, don't like it anymore. Don't like Nick Chubb's value anymore. Put that right next to Nick Chubb. Alvin Kamara, that's awful value. You take you take Alvin Kamara there when you still got other players on the board that can help you win your championship. I don't know why you would do that. Aaron Jones even, um, no thank you. Leonard Fournette, you guys know how I feel about Fournette. That's not amazing value to me. Um, it's not even like value that I would say like it deserves a red X. It does. Barkley, I'm not going to put a red X next to him, but I'm not going to double tramp or double stamp or triple stamp that value. Don't love it. Aaron Jones, it's good, but not worth a, a green check mark, but it's decent value. Monty's pretty good value down here. I actually like Monty at running back 19. That ain't bad. Uh, Ron Navy dropping a super chat. Thank you, Ron. Gibson's pretty good value as running back 20. Ron says, already have had 10 join today. So it looks like we're doing an hour and a half show. Thank you. Bringing the vlog back. Uh, I might do it. I might do the vlog stuff just on the main channel. You know, it just makes sense, I think, to keep growing this one. How do I feel about Acres? Uh, that is a red X. Thank you for telling me. Acres. Aaron Jones. You know what? That's Aaron Jones ranked at that value is probably pretty darn good. Because he's going around like 14 to 18 overall. You're telling me he's the 14th running back ranked? That's pretty good. Saquon, I'm neutral on. I don't love it. I don't absolutely hate it. Mixon, I'm neutral on. Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. I'm almost like, I don't like the value, but a little more neutral than I am anything else. Brees Hall, phenomenal value. Brees Hall, phenomenal value. Travis Etienne, phenomenal value. The two most intriguing players on the entire board are at 21 and 22. Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, give me those two as my starters. Let me let that be my running back one and running back two, and then I go wide receiver heavy. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, let's put a green check mark next to Elijah Mitchell at running back 23. I don't hate this AJ Dillon value. I don't know that it's green check mark worthy. Twenty four. He's. I, I would say it's on the verge of a green check mark, but we're not going to give these out like candy. Okay. I think Tony Pollard gets one. I think in terms of uh, a, a bad check mark, a red X. I mean, I think J.K. Dobbins is a bad pick here. He's not even ready. Clyde's. A, Clyde's. In, I'm indifferent on Clyde at that value. I think he can earn a little bit later. I'm definitely all in on Clyde if he falls to a very late spot, but I feel like that's pushing it. I don't think that feels like amazing value. I think Chase Edmonds is a big avoid for me. This isn't horrible value, but I guess I want to emphasize that by putting that there. Kareem Hunt's fantastic value. I think Michael Carter, even though as much as I love Brees Hall, this is good value, and it's, it's a good sign for people that want to cuff Carter to Brees Hall. Cordero Patterson, indifferent. Penny, indifferent. Miles Sanders, running back 30, is not so high that I'm like just throwing my arms up in the air. Damian Harris, indifferent. Singletary, indifferent. Kenneth Walker, just dropping massive loads from this value right here. This is phenomenal. 
I would say so far, if I was to try and collect my favorite picks of ADP, I would say Hall, Brees Hall. So Hall at 42. I'm sorry, 42, 21. ETN at 22. Walker at 37. Crazy. Pollard at 29. Mitchell at 23. Um, that's that's that so far. My my top values, my value board, if you will. The guys I think are absolute steals. ADP running back steals so far. Put that title right there. ADP running back steals so far. Hall 21 for running backs. ETN ENT. Ian, who's ENT? ETN. 22, Walker, 37, Pollard, 29, Mitchell, 23. Uh, Madison's pretty good value there. I'm not going to put a green check mark next to him necessarily. Love Madison. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it right there. Isaiah Spiller, no thank you. Ronald Jones, no thank you. Daryl Henderson's interesting. Definitely keep an eye on him because the, the according to my strength of schedule, the the Rams do have one of the best schedules in the entire NFL if you incorporate. Um, yeah, Hunt at 33. That was the whole the whole show is based around Hunt. Thank you. Cream Hunt. 33. Those are your steals right there, ladies and gentlemen. These are the guys that are going to help you win leagues when they fall to this ridiculously low value. Give me Brees Hall. Give me ETN. Give me Walker and Pollard and Mitchell and Hunt. Am I missing anybody else? Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift. I mean, Javante, Javante, Javante. What are we doing? Javante's number one. (laughs) Javante at running back eight. I know that might seem like, okay, well, that's a lot higher than that. It doesn't matter. The impact of Javante at number eight is equivalent to any of these guys. Gibson, Brees Hall. Swift is good. Swift is good. I'd say Swift is borderline. At running back nine, Swift's got to be on here too. We'll put him right around here. Swift. I don't know that these are like in order. Swift, nine. I mean, give me a break. Swift at nine is a monster steal. It is. It is. Acres, red flags. Absolutely. How do you like Spiller, Smitty? I don't like Spiller, Ricky. I just said that. I don't like him at all. He's slow. He tested at the bottom of every category category at the Combine to validate what I said before the Combine, that he's slow. He's in a good situation. You're right, Fantasy Dog. We will keep him under the radar. Unburger. Unburger. What's up, Unburger? What's up, bro? I see your... Your RB ADP rankings, man. I love them, man. When are you going to update your Fantasy Pros uh, rankings? Uh, probably this weekend. I'll do that. Okay, man. I, I was just going to say, I don't maybe think... do a live stream while you do it. It'd be a good time to do it. Yeah, you maybe, know? maybe I, I will. Know. Maybe I will make it a live stream. I definitely need to update those rankings. I imagine they're not crazy, crazy off, but man, what you'd be surprised. You know, the, these people that come out on Burger and they say, 
we've got a draft kit coming out. You know, 10 more days until our draft kit. Nine more days until our draft kit. Eight more. Like, Umberger, I run a 365 operation. We don't close. We don't close. Don't close. Uh, Sandu says Fantasy Pros has Brees Hall as my number five running back, according to my rankings. Attaboy. Hey, Sandu, is there anybody in the industry that has Brees Hall ranked higher than I do on Fantasy Pros? Tell me. I guarantee I'm the highest Sandu on Brees Hall. Number five. I put Brees Hall number five on Fantasy Pros for the draft rankings, the predictive rankings. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll see y'all. Uh, three, two, one, yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. Yeah, I uh, appreciate you, Umberger. Call back anytime. Sandu says nobody has Brees Hall higher than me on Fantasy Pros. You know, and if, if somebody came in and, and put Brees Hall higher, I think I'd maybe... Uh, your highest for Brees and Javante. I think I have Javante Williams is either the number one or number two running back. Sandu, can you confirm on, on Fantasy Pros? I think I put him as the number two. I may have him at one, but I think I put him at two. I put Brees Hall five. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? What up, man? It's Overcome. Over? Overcome? Yes, sir. Overcome, what's up, buddy? I got to save you in here so that I, I know when you're calling. Overcome. Yeah, I got you entered here. What can I help you with? Um, My buddy told me today that uh, J.D. McKissick is getting paid more than uh, Gibson. Okay. What do you what do you think about that backfield? Uh, I think it's a very dangerous backfield uh, to to flirt with. Um, I think that there's a lot of upside in Gibson. I think if you can get Gibson around the fourth round, like end of the fourth round, maybe even breaching into round five, you're playing with a lot less risk. So give give me Gibby at the end of four, but especially early five. If he climbs any higher than that, I'm out. Right on, man. You know what I mean? Because because like you, you, I like him. I'm not saying I don't like him. He actually finished higher than I I ever imagined when I pulled up all the rankings, bro. And, and I think I did that live on a show when I was I was a little bit critical of him, and I, and I didn't realize he had scored as high as he did. I feel like there's so much risk there. But people are forgetting that it's packaged in. You know, it's similar to the Dalvin Cook situation, you know, many years back when he hadn't broken out yet. And I said that he'd be a top five running back and he was going at 18 to 25. And you kept having people say, no, 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 no. He's not a top five running back. Well, you don't have to expect top five running back value. Gibby at almost fifth round value, or let's just say we say 5.1 on, okay? Let's just lock it in. Gibby at 5.1 on. If he goes at 4.8, he goes at 4.8. Big deal. How is that that risky? Like, even sharing carries, Gibby should earn you every bit of that investment at 5.1. You know what I mean? So, it really just depends on where you get him. If you have to take him at 4.1, it's a little riskier. Yeah, right on, man. What else you got? But, uh, JD McKissick. McKissick? You want to know about McKissick? uh, Yeah, well, I I briefly said McKissick. I don't know. I I don't think he's. 
I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he could take over the, the lead role? There's no way, right? I mean, he had the opportunity. I mean, Gibby's a, I don't know. He was I'll, dealing with that injury last year. They'll, they'll probably give him a chance, but. I wouldn't say it's crazy. Uh, I mean, you probably need an injury. There's no way they just, like, surplant and put McKissick in and, and bench Gibby. But would could Gibby get hurt? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Gibby, man. He came out of college with 30-something rushing attempts and 30-something receptions. You almost caught more passes and ran more rushing attempts in college than Gibson. Like, it, it's it's crazy. You, did, you did, probably didn't even play college football. And you still almost match his college totals. He did not come out of college as a bona fide, you know, pedigree, high pedigree running back. He had almost no resume whatsoever and the Washington commanding football team took a gamble, and it was a good one. Like it was a genius pick, you know, for in a sense. But he has so much risk because he has no resume yeah. from college. Like no, bro. Thirty rushing attempts in college is nothing. Thirty receptions in college is nothing. Like this guy has no college resume. So could he get hurt? Yeah, we have no track record that he can hold up as a full-time running back. That's part of why you never see a guy like Gibson like play as a top running back for years and years when he hasn't done it at the college level because you you're 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 tested, you know? You're 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 proving that you can handle the workload. But the the thing is, we've seen Gibby do it in the pros to a degree and he's so explosive when he's on the field, it's hard to overlook it at 5.1, you know, or very late fourth-round value. In third-round value, no thank you. No thank you. Right on that. Right on. But, but to answer your right question on, on McKissick, to answer your question on McKissick, if Gibby got hurt, I'm sorry I keep dancing around the question, McKissick could very, he, I could see him very much being a PPR guy. Like, I don't think... I think Robinson comes in and takes a lot of the between-the-tackle stuff. I don't think they give that to McKissick. Oh, yeah. I think if Gibby went down, Robinson would see a huge uptick in work. And, and McKissick would as well, in turn. But a lot of his uptick would be in the reception department. He'll take over all the receiving work and get some of the work in between the tackles. But McKissick's the kind of guy that, that isn't going to run for 100 yards a game. If Gibby got was out for the year... Robinson would get at least 30 or 40% of the work and McKissick would get the other share. Jarrett Patterson, I'm sure, would come in. But what's unique about McKissick and to not, like, give your your buddy, you know, uh, a credit for his prediction or anything or, or say that it's more likely than you're expecting, but if McKissick gets a hold of 30% of the rushing attempts and owns all of the receiving stuff, that's a that's a really good flex player. That is a player that could outscore, you know, Gibby if he gets, you know, half a season of that kind of work. So I like McKissick a lot, but I also kind of like Gibby a lot. It's very conflicting. That's why it's a very dangerous situation. Like it feels like the, yeah. the it feels like the Kenyon Drake situation in Arizona. You know, it's like it seems so enticing and you you like it at the right value, but it screams Kenyon Drake. You know, Kenyon Drake had so much right. upside, but the, it was a it was a really bad situation. Right on, dude. All right, right man. On, appreciate man. you. Yeah, for sure. Call in anytime. He sounded a little sad. I think maybe his buddy 
he's thinking I'm saying his buddy's right. I'm not saying his buddy's right. I'm just saying you're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty. This is Smitty also. What's up? Um, I had a question about your running back rankings. There's one player I think that you need to put a check mark on. Okay. Uh, that's AJ Dillon. I think he deserves it. I feel like he's getting drafted at his floor right now, and we know Aaron Jones never really could play a full season. Uh, AJ Dillon. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason I didn't put the check mark, I did give him a compliment. I'll put a check mark there for you. Yeah. Is just because like the ADP of that value, he can certainly earn it. It's not like screaming, you know, like you, you take him at 24 overall, you're taking him like kind of in the fifth round or something. And it's a little early, but could he earn that and explode from it? Sure. But I just, I didn't feel like, yeah, I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to take the check mark off. I, I don't think it's worth the, he's the, one of the best values on the board. I think he's, he's, I'm not indifferent on it. I just feel like he's inching a little more toward, you know, being a green check mark. But I just don't feel like it's, uh, I don't know. Overcome, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the call. Call in again if you got another question, Overcome. I agree with you, though. So tell me why I, you love AJ Dillon. Speak on it. I just feel like worst case scenario finishes like RB20. I think without Adams, they feed the, him more in the run game. And I think he is guaranteed like a thousand yards, 10 touchdowns, even with Aaron Jones splitting if they take 50 50. But I think his ceiling, if Aaron Jones were to go down, is like second round, potentially first round. Okay, I got you. So I think he's getting drafted a little bit below his floor. I just love him anywhere. Um, Like anybody over, I got to take him over Zeke, Jacobs, Akers, Gibson. Yeah, I guess guess when I see Kareem Hunt here, I guess when I see Kenneth Walker here, when I see... Um, Mitchell right above him. It makes me feel like okay, he's he's pretty well placed right there. I think he could he can maybe even win leagues from that spot if things happen just right. And, and if I could say po- Tony Pollard gets a green check mark and he's not the starter, then I kind of understand and agree with you. But look where Pollard is going. He's going almost running back thirty. So there's a little bit of a, a space yeah, in between. I, also, I love Pollard. I if love Pollard, Pollard as well. If Pollard would, was ranked number twenty four. I might have a little bit of that. Like, I don't know if I put the green check mark next to him or do like I'd want to. I probably would because I love Pollard so much. But Pollard at 30 versus AJ Dillon at 24 is a pretty big difference. Because, like, if you mix in wide receivers and, you know, a tight end and then maybe a quarterback or two, you're talking about almost another round or a round and a half down. So Tony Pollard feels a little bit more value. But I get what you're saying. And, and I love AJ Dillon. I, I like Aaron Jones a little bit too this year, obviously. But I think Aaron Jones yeah, is getting a little overdrafted. But at least you can cuff him. This is low enough value that, like, you could maybe, not every time, but maybe see him fall because somebody's, like, a little bit down about, oh, you've got the starter. You've got Aaron Jones. I don't want the backup. A lot of people feel that way when they're in a draft. So if he fell to yeah. where Pollard is, I'm taking A.J. Dillon over Miles Sanders every single time. I'm taking A.J. Dillon over uh, Rashad Penny at 31 every single time over Cordero Patterson at 32. They're moving him back to wide receiver. Tyler Algier's season is here, baby. Tyler Algier. Uh, love Tyler Algier. Yep. Um, so I also 
the ESPN leagues, you could get Dylan in the seventh, eighth. I love the drafting on ESPN. Yeah. Guys, value. Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier isn't even on this list. So we're going to put him on this list. I'm going to move all this up and put Tyler Algier on here. He is a must-own for every single one of you. Every single one of the 132 of you watching right now, you must draft Tyler Algier. Uh, let's see here. What what will we get? What, I guess he's like running back. Let me look and see if I can get the exact running back ranking. But he's so low, man. Let's see. Algier. I don't even think he's ranking. Al... Algier. He's not even ranking, bro, in the top 104. There's no way. Tyler. Oh, there he is. Sorry, he's 57. Okay. So 57. That's really good value, though. He's number 57 for running backs. That was in the top 100. He wasn't ranking, I think. I switched it over to running back. There it is. 57. That is win a league material right there. Tyler Algier is the starter. In Atlanta, in my opinion, if it doesn't happen in week one, which I do think it will, it will happen eventually. They're moving Cordero over to wide receiver. Kenneth Walker wins leagues at 37 for running backs. James Robinson's a complete avoid. Why didn't I put a check mark next to him? Let's throw a check mark next to James Robinson. Don't even go near James Robinson. That's bad. J.K. Dobbins is an avoid at 25. Um... Ronald Jones, there's some hype about him today and yesterday that he's looking sensational. I don't I don't buy into it, man. This is a complex KC system. If Clyde got hurt, I do believe the door would potentially be open for him, but we'll see. Uh, what else you got, man? Uh, that's about it. I was about to ask Ronald about Ronald Jones and them talking about it. Do you think that backfield just becomes a complete committee with three of them? Um, Rojo, I I'd probably say like it could. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm definitely able to be honest and objective, and I could say that there's definitely hype growing on him. And if you're a Rojo believer, that's good, you know, because they're talking about him. But I feel like I, don't really I feel like it's such a people don't realize how complex the KC system is. Um, Damian Williams literally that year he had that very good playoff run. And people started drafting him really high the next year. You remember that? In the Super Bowl, he was, like, amazing. And uh, coming out of that that first real legit year, he said he didn't know the playbook. He didn't understand it. It was so complicated. He literally, they'd be like, Blue 42, hatchback 7, Mahomey 6, on 3. And he'd literally be like, hey, uh, Damian Williams, run 5 yards, turn around. Like, they would literally tell Damian Williams what to do. He didn't understand the playbook. So it's very complicated there. There's a lot of moving parts too. When you think about, like think about it from Andy Reid's perspective and all these, all these reports, like where, where's this report coming from, by the way, this one on Rojo today, let me pull it up. It's probably the athletic, everything that is complete rumor, rumor based or just total speculation. I'm not saying I don't speculate. I speculate all the time. It is the athletic. I speculate all the time, okay? That is not, it's not nothing wrong with that. I'm a speculation type of person. I do it all the time on my show. But let's read this real quick. And this is going to drive a lot of ADP value. So the Athletic is reporting, uh, 
this writer considers Ronald Jones a legit candidate to earn the chief starting job over Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is a opinion. This is like if I just came out and said it. There's no that there's no difference between him and me coming out and saying if this if if NBC Sports were to quote me and say, "Hey, on Smitty's show today, he said he thinks Clyde Edwards-Alaire is likely the starter in Kansas City." That's it. That's the same thing. The guy's giving his opinion, just like I give my opinion every day. The only difference is NBC Sports is dumbly not quoting me every day and saying what I think. They're saying what this guy thinks. So, like, that drives ADP. I love it. It's one guy. One guy saying it. You know, and and Clyde, think about this from Andy Reid's perspective, okay? Think about it from Andy Reid's perspective. How many moving parts do you have over there right now? So many. You have a wide receiver room that's chaotic. It's chaos over there. Do you think Andy Reid and Mahomes want to mix in a running back that's still learning the system and pass protection over a guy that's uh, now a veteran in the system, knows how to pass block for Mahomes specifically, knows how to... Like, they want consistency amongst all this chaos. Like, use your brain, people. Like, if Clyde's healthy, they want him in there. He knows what to do. He also had that gallbladder situation or whatever it was. He went. He played at 160 to 65 pounds, bro. This guy's a 200 to 205 pound running back, 210 pound running back at times. He played at 160 last year. No one knew. He played at 160 pounds because of that gallbladder thing. The guy's had a, had a bad hand dealt to him last year, and I feel really, really, really you know, bad for him. And I hope that he absolutely explodes and proves everybody wrong. Cause you know what people are saying about Clyde that he sucks. He's a trash can. Same thing. People said about Jalen hurts, not factoring in the situation. Do you know how many trash can emojis I've seen people drop over Jalen hurts over and over and over. And now those people are complete, completely silent. There's cricket sounds. No one's coming in here saying Jalen hurts is trash because they're afraid if they drop that comment now, they're going to look foolish when he goes off. And then their explanation is going to be, well, he's got all these weapons. Or people that hated Jalen come in now and say, well, he's got to do well now. Like, them, it's their way of admitting I was, I'm was, i going to be wrong. Like, I better start putting this out there so people go, okay, well, he did say that it could could happen now because he's got talent. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you can't say he's not talented. He's very talented. Joe Burrow, if you trust Joe Burrow like I do... Joe Burrow said he was the best player in college football, and he had other amazing teammates he could have said that about. It's not just because he was teammates with them. Joe Burrow played with some of the best players in college football that went to NFL teams everywhere. And and Joe Burrow said this is the best college football player he's ever played with. I'm just saying, and I wish he'd go to Cincinnati. If they trade for him, imagine that. Joe Burrow would make sure he got taken care of. But, But this kid deserves a shot in round six or seven. If you're not willing to give Clyde Edwards a lair in the Kansas City offense that he knows very well at this point, Rojo doesn't, where there's chaos everywhere, and you know Andy Reid wants somebody that's going to know what to do and not let leave Mahomes open to get freaking hit from behind. And Rojo's not this guy that comes over like, oh, this guy catches on everything very quickly. He's so amazing and smart. I'm not saying he's not a smart guy, but we've had a lot of time to watch Rojo fail. And we think he's going to come in and just take a very complicated situation on and just nudge Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of the, the situation where he's the veteran? I don't think so. 
I'll take Clyde all day long. Anything else? Nope, that's all. All right, call in any time, pal. Yep, have a good one. Appreciate you. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Anyway, you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Smitty, it's Ron Navy. Ron Navy in the house. Ron, I got to save you in here so I know when you're calling and I can address you properly. Ron <laughs> Navy. Okay, I got gotcha. you. What's up? What can I do for you? Uh, sorry, to re- I was trying to call in before, but uh, same topic, dude. I think you're kind of uh, um, undercutting Dylan a little bit. If we if we go about it, if you think about it, he had better stats than Aaron Jones last year. Aaron Jones faded out. Aaron Jones is an older running back. Dylan's a lot younger. So if you if you pass on Aaron Jones and where he's going in ADP and pick up Dylan, who's just as good and has more upside, um, you can get a higher tier wide receiver or whatever position up where you would pick Jones at and pick up Dylan later and you get better value. Plus, Dylan had better stats than Pollard. So I think he deserves a green check mark. I mean, I'm not a big Green Bay fan or nothing, but I think Dylan deserves his due. What do you think? I'm just just advocating. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's give him back his check mark. I'm sorry I took it away. I I guess my point with this was to say, like, if you incorporate this into... Like, if we put this back into, let me go over to Fantasy Pros and put it back into all format, not just running backs. So, overall, this running back ranking for Dylan would place him at about 50. And when you consider who's around that area, it's borderline. And like I said, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think I made it clear by saying I think he's borderline green checkmark. And I, and I agree with you, and I'll put it up because I understand he could win a league if he gets in there, but... That is right where you're drafting Burrow. That's right where, you know, Mike Williams is, Eli Mitchell. Um, so it's close, you know, like Dalton Schultz. Those are all guys that that I could see drafting Dylan right around. And that makes sense to me. And I think he can win a league there. I, just, I felt like these guys right here are just flat out, like, obvious win a league players. Whereas Dylan, given that Pollard's ranked 30 and Dylan's ranked 20. 23-24, it's just, it, it, if he had had Pollard's ranking, I would I would say green checkmark all day. But I, I'm okay with it. We'll put it up. That's, and, that's still, um, and I understand the, what you're saying. Fifth or sixth round. And and if you pass, let's say you pick up like uh, a, a chase in the first round. And then you come around and you pick up uh, um, another top receiver. And then the third round, let's say you pick up Josh Allen. And so you're going down. You still need running backs. You pick up Brees in the third or fourth round. And then in the fifth round, you come down, maybe pick up, depending where Dylan's at, Dylan could be a strong number number two or, or number three running back. I yeah. mean, and you know Aaron Jones at the end of the year, he always seems to slide off the table. And, and bro, I again, I love him. I'm not discrediting A.J. Dunn at all. And we'll give him the green check, check mark. He's got it. But I just think that, 
it could it could it's not it's like you're taking him as if he's already for sure getting a lot of that work and opportunity as the 24th overall running back but that's okay because he's going to share carries and still get volume so i think i think he could easily earn that well, value he, ha- I, he could earn that he could he, bro, he could get touchdowns. he could get 10 touchdowns so it's fine I, i'm fine with it yeah he had five touchdowns last year in in running the ball and and jones had six and he or jones had six receiving but he had four in receiving yeah it, and they both had 300 some yards in receiving it, it's and, just he doesn't actually dylan had more you yeah, he just doesn't stand out like a sore thumb at 24 is kind of my point. But but I, I'm okay with it. No, think, that's what makes him a perfect sleeper. I think he could win a league. No, I mean... I think that's what makes him... I know, but what I'm saying is he doesn't stand out like a sore thumb like in terms of this ranking being so crazy off. You know, like, oh my God, this guy's going to... Like, he's definitely there. Well, he needs an injury for sure to, I think, really, like, explode from this value. But if he gets in there... And let's say let's say Aaron Jones is healthy for the majority of the year, and he gets he still gets like eight to ten touchdowns, doesn't get a thousand yards, but like just gets used. He could that's borderline earning that value. So I like that. Whereas Tony Pollard, I feel like just five you know spots or so down is just a little bit more of like where I would like to have Dylan. That's all I'm saying. I would just like to have Dylan where you're getting Pollard. I, that's all I'm saying. You, you think they're going to probably run a lot of dual back. Uh dual backs this year since Adams is no longer there and they they got Lazar who's who's really the the guy and they got some rookies that we don't know about the rookies so they're probably going to run a lot of dual running back formations I'm that, you, that's you, you just I, need yeah. an injury though um, you just need an injury so I, I get it I'm on board with yeah. it I'm not going to tell you to take a lap it, but it's situational too. Yeah. It depends on how you're how you're creating your team and how your draft is flowing, and it all's about the flow. So if you can get them in the right spot in that area, you know, fifth or sixth round, maybe even he falls to seventh round because a lot of people aren't on top of him right now. You know, especially like in best ball and stuff like that. They're, he's sliding down a little bit. So I think it's situational, but I, I think he deserves the green, but. What I else? You, what else you got? Call in and, and back up the man called earlier. Okay, appreciate you, man. That's call- about it, bro. I'm gonna go and listen. All right, call back if you got another one later. Ron Navy, Ron Navy. Uh, Andrew says Ron Navy shots fired at Aaron Jones. Andrew's not having it. You're live on the fantasy football show. Shots fired at Aaron Jones. What's up, man? Andrew's not having it. You're live on the fantasy football show. Oh, sorry. Let me put it. Okay, okay. Yeah, t- turn what's down. What's up, Smitty? What's up, Smitty? What's up? Who's this? This is Jaren. This is Jaren. Darren? Yeah, yeah. Jaren or Darren? All right. Is that Pam Jaren with the... With is J. that Pam or Pan? Pan or Pam? <laughs> Jaren with the J. Jaren with a D or Jaren with the J? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what movie I'm referencing? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. But you don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, Step Brothers. Pam or Pan? Okay. Are you saying Pan or Pan? I He's love doing Will Ferrell, though. Dude's doing do. an interview. Dude's doing an interview. In the interview, lady's like, Pam. He's like, Pan? She goes, Pam. He's like, Pan. Pan. I got a Pan. She's like, Pam. <laughs> All right. What do you got? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just have a question. Okay. So, uh... Kind of like which kind of combo do you like first, first and second round? 
I've been one of the combos I really like is like a Swift Diggs. But what do you think about like let's say you get Jefferson and Saquon, and how do you feel about Saquon this year? I, I'm kind of back in on Saquon. Which kind of duo you like more? You think? Well, um, I do know Darren. You haven't been watching a lot of the shows lately, so you've you've got caught. You're caught there only because I'm not super high on Barkley, but doesn't mean that I'm right. Okay, so if you like Barkley. By all means, go Barkley. But you just mentioned Jefferson and Barkley. And to me, that's telling me because Jefferson's going to have a mid-first-round selection that you would take Barkley at 2.4, 2.5, 2.6. I approve your Barkley selection at 3.5, 3.6, 3.4 maybe. And it's not to say that he can't earn second-round value. It's all about those percentage chances. And I think that you're... you're you're running the risk of disappointment more than you need to by drafting him as your second drafted player. But doesn't mean I'm not going to be wrong, bro. Like, he's definitely a talent. It's just we haven't seen it for two years. You know? So, like, the same thing with Christian McCaffrey. We haven't seen it for two years. I'm not telling anybody to avoid them like the plague. But I am telling you to avoid them at their old value. And I know Barkley seems like a discount from his old value because he was, like, number one, number two, number three overall player. Yeah. But when you're talking about getting a Debo Samuel or getting, you know, a, a plethora of players that fall right at that second round territory, I just don't know that it makes sense for me. And that's just me. And and there's a like if you ask me to predict a percentage per, a percentage chance that Barkley returns with ease your your second round value, it's like twenty percent. You know, there's a shot it happens. I'm not, I won't be overly shocked if Barkley comes out and, and produces top 15 overall fantasy football numbers all year long. I'm giving you a 20% chance, but I don't like 20% when you have guys that feel more like 75%, 80%, 60%. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to say, give yeah. me a different combination. Like if Javante fell there and you took Barkley over Javante, I would be telling you to take, take laps lap. until take the lap. end take a lap. Take, of time. Take a lap. Um, if Swift <laughs> fell for any reason, he usually goes around one now, you know, like I, let me put it this way. I'd rather have ETN over Barkley and, and I'm not saying I'll take ETN in, in the second round. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, give me the wide receiver like Debo and then give me ETN in the third round. Give me ETN at 3.5 or 3.7 over Barkley at 3.5 or 3.7. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean you're crazy. It's just how I value it. And we're all different. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, real quick. Um, so, like, in a situation like that where you're taking maybe a higher-risk player or a player like injury, you know, Debo Samuels, whatever, you know, uh, gets injured sometimes. When you start doing that, do you just go for all upside? Or do you start, okay, I took, let's say you just took Barkley, whatever. You took Barkley, do you go safe or you just, like, let me just get the high ceiling players. Let me get Mike Williams. Let me get those type of guys. Or do you cover them with safer players? It's all situation based, bro. It depends on every single every single situation is going to be different. If you draft a risky player, it is nice to surround them with safety if you can. Example: If you draft, let's say, um, let's say you take Brees Hall at three point three. Okay, you're like me. You you see, you're on the you're on the clock. Brees Hall is a fourth rounder to everybody and their mother. But this draft has gone a little different than most drafts have gone. And at running back, 
Even Saquon's gone. Everybody's gone, but maybe ETN, Barkley, James Conner. This is a situation we had in the throne draft. When on the clock in the third round, we had in the early third round, we had ETN, Connor, Elliott, Montgomery, Cam Akers, and Gibson. Those were the top five running backs available. And we had to go all the way down the third round and back before we pick again in a in a group of very hung, running back hungry drafters. There was no way we were getting a running back, even one of those five at the turn. Everyone that I just named got drafted before the end of that round. So every one of those five running backs, not one of them lasted until even the turn to come back to us. So we drafted Brees Hall. People thought it was a little bit early, but they loved our team. Everyone loves our team. When I show my team to people that you guys drafted for me, it's our team. Everybody's like, that is a phenomenal squad. Let me put it on screen here. These are the backups, and these are this is the starting lineup. We got J- uh, Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Dawson Knox, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Algier, Rashad White, Alec Pierce, T- uh, Tarion Davis Price. We're still drafting in the draft, but this team's phenomenal. So what did I do here? I drafted a very safe Jonathan Taylor. I drafted. I think, you know, at Tyreek Hill, I've wor- I've concerns about, but he's kind of safe at 2.12. Like, you're, you're packaging in a lot of the risk that we're worried about at 2.12. One could have argued early on in the offseason that Tyreek Hill was still, like, 14 overall, right? So getting Tyreek Hill yeah. at 24, I feel like, is a pretty safe move. Um, So I think we wrap Brees Hall on a bunch of safety. We got Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams. A lot of safety there. So, yes, to answer your question, I think some of my draft picks are contingent on what I'm doing, but I don't like drafting like Akers and Barkley together, Mike Thomas and, you know, uh, uh, CMC, or drafting CMC and Cam Akers, like just compiling a whole bunch of risk together. Like, you want to take a gamble or a chance on one of those guys, I'm okay with that, but I think it, it does really present a problem for you when you start loading your team up with a bunch of guys that are underdogs to you that have a whole lot to prove that, that in my opinion, you don't give them the ranking from the olden days or even close to it. When they come to the table with two years of not delivering Mike Thomas, two years of not delivering Barkley, two years of not delivering Christian McCaffrey, two years of not delivering. And you're going to give them these, you know, you give McCaffrey top one to five value. You give Mike Thomas a wide receiver two value. No, thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, for our team, like, Tyreek Hill, like, um, I'm not super, super high on him, but I don't understand why he can't be a PPR guy. I think them, oh, he's just going to run deep like they paid $30 billion for a guy. I think he has the capability. He can route run. He can create after the catch. I think he could work well still with Tua. I know the upside, name, he's not going to throw for 350 But I think he can be a PPR guy. What do you think about that? Thank you, Ron, for the super chat. Yeah, I mean, do I think that he can, I mean, first of all, Waddle caught a lot of balls last year. So, like, I know Tua can feed uh, these guys receptions. He can short throw very short throws. Like, everyone kept saying his accuracy was, you know, his percentage was higher than Patrick Mahomes. Was it really that crazy for Tyreek Hill to say he's a more accurate quarterback? Mahomes threw a whole bunch more, and, and Tua threw a lot of, you know, short dump-off passes and such. So that's already packaged into where rece- overload of receptions is a possibility for both these wide receivers. Not to mention Miami Mike, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, coming over from the Niners 
is one of the main architects behind, thanks again, Ron, one of the main architects behind Debo Samuel's wide back role. So we know for a fact that Mike McDaniel, who's aggressive as can be, bro, Mike McDaniel comes in and just shakes things up, trading left and right, bringing in more <laughs> running backs, get Tyreek Hill, one and maybe Tom Brady still. That didn't happen. Um, there's a lot of moving yeah. things moving around, aggressiveness. I love the aggressiveness. Of, of Mike McDaniel. So to yeah. think he won't come over and be aggressive with how he uses Tyreek Hill, that would be a gross understatement, uh, uh, I don't know, understatement or a miscalculation. Because he's going to come in and say, let's run Tyreek Hill 200, 300 yards like Debo. Let's, you don't have to run him up the gut. Then you get, then you get fantasy Karens and, and Bob that comes in and says, Smitty, but Smitty, Tyreek Hill's not big enough to be a running back. That is when someone does not understand what wide back means. Wide back is a wide receiver out wide that's getting the football on end arounds, jet sweeps, running past the, you know, he's not going up the A gap and the B gap. That was a running back. The Niners put Debo in a wide back role. Then when the running backs got hurt, they put him back behind the quarterback taking handoffs and running up the A-gap. That's completely different. That's running back. No one wants Debo running the football up the gut. Nobody. McDaniel's wide back (laughs) role was designed for a wide receiver to take control of the football because why? Why? Because the quarterback isn't as good as, let's say, a Mahomes that you trust to deliver the football all around the field. Jimmy G was limited. Let's take the ball out of Jimmy G's hand. Here, let me give it at the line of scrimmage to the playmaker. Tyreek Hill, you can do more of it with the ball than I can. Here you go. Now Tyreek Hill gets to decide what he's going to do with the line of scrimmage. That's how I view this Tua mm-hmm. situation. Very, very much similar to the Jimmy G situation. Game manager, not anything more than a game manager. And I believe the starting quarterback in Miami in 2023 is currently not on the roster. McDaniel is a smart guy. I think he's doing a lot of good things. I think he wants to give Tua a chance. He can only make so many moves. But if Tua is not the legit, real deal, which I believe he's not, I think McDaniel's going to have a real quick reaction to it and not waste any time. So Tyreek Hill should thrive uh, to a degree. A lot of his work that can be cut down. I don't think he's going to be number 8 overall worthy, which is what he was in KC. He's going at 24 overall for a reason right now. I think he could easily earn that. He could earn probably mid-second round value pretty easily, and he can make up for some of the the downtick in numbers with some running attempts that he wouldn't have got in KC. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, all right, then all right. I don't want to take too much of your time. I'm, I'm going to keep watching. I'll let you get to, get to some other people. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, all right, Darren, appreciate you. That's a good call. Good call, Darren. Uh, Kilpatrick, thank you, Kilpatrick. And I love that you're in the forum doing doing good things over there, tearing it up. How do you like the forum so far, bro? It's absolutely f- phenomenal. Um, can you talk about the 49ers? I love Trey Lance, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk this year. I drafted Kittle and Debo in one league. What are your thoughts? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Who am I talking hey, to? Hey, Smitty. My name's Ben. Seth, what's up, Seth? No, Ben. What is it? B-E-N, Ben. 
Ben, uh, that that time I, was, I legit couldn't hear it. I was joking with the other guy, but Ben, okay, got you, Ben. What, what can I do for you, Ben? Uh, I got one running back question for you. Um, who do you like more this season, David Montgomery, Brees Hall, or Travis Etienne? I'm having a hard time deciding which one's better in my mock drafts. Yeah, so Montgomery I like. This is no disrespect to him, but he's in. he's not even in this conversation for me. He's another round down, uh, like top of the fourth round, for me. I'm not taking right. Monty as my third drafted player. I don't. I don't feel good about him being number three on my roster. Etn, amazing fourth round pick. You get Etn in the fourth round because of this garbage James Robinson reports out out right now that talk about James Robinson's a three down back, but he won't be ready for week. You know, for camp. You know. So this is those beat writers, James Rod. Hey, or order of questioning. Hey, coach, is James Robinson really a three-down back? Yeah, he's a three-down back. He's not our starting running back, but he's a three-down back. Maybe we want to trade him later. Yeah, he's a three-down back. There's so many things going on in coach's head. That's why coach speak is coach speak. Someone asks a question about three-down backs, and they talk about yeah, James Robinson is a three-down back, and he is. He was, but the guy's coming back from a torn Achilles tendon. ETN season is upon us. ETN is headed straight for the moon. We all know it. He's actually there. To the moon. He's there on the moon. He's right there. You could see him. If you zoom in, there's a little dot. Maybe we need to put our players on the moon here. Like maybe we need to put ETN's head on there. Do I, let's see if I can put ETN on the moon right now. Hold on one second. Bear with me. Yeah. I don't have a graphic here. Anyway, we'll take care of that. I'll 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 All handle good. that. That's that's on me. I should have had that prepared. Um ETN is All a three point five to four point five steal. If James Robinson lowers ETN's value back into the fourth round because people are believing all these dumb reports that have that have no validity whatsoever, they have no understanding of what James Robinson's even going through right now. That Achilles tendon tear is so insane, bro. The Achilles tendon yeah. goes that goes into the calf. This thing right here, it feels like a cord, and when you snap that thing, this it's it's your foot is immobile. Like the explosion needed as a running back is different than every other position. You plant, you cut left, you cut right. While you're exploding left, you get hit from the side. It's like when you're driving in the passenger seat and you don't know you put a blindfold on. You're bouncing all over the place. You're you're trying to brace yourself from a hundred different avenues. Being a running back, that's how it feels. Whereas if you're any other position or you're a basketball player, it's comparably like when you're driving, your hands are on the wheel and you're absorbing all the shocks and everything. Think about that from like even a wide receiver perspective. You tear your Achilles. You're a wide receiver. Yeah, you get hit from time to time from the side unexpectedly, but you're in control of your lane and where you're going. There's one or two players trying to hit you at a time. When you're a running back, it's like putting a blindfold on and sitting in the passenger seat and bouncing all over left to right. Imagine the stress on that Achilles. There's no way he comes back and looks even remotely close. We got Smitty. I don't know if this is my son or what, but Smitty80 has become a YouTube exclusive member. Appreciate that. Um, ETN to the moon, bro. So I, I know I've gone off on a huge tangent. ETN, if he costs me 3.5, I'm paying it. Gladly. I'm not worried about it. I don't think I'm overpaying. 
I think it's absolutely fantastic. Brees Hall, I'd pay 3.1 value if I had to. Don't tell anybody. This is between you and me. I'll take Brees Hall at 3.1 all day long if I have to. If I'm pushed to my limit, do I try and get him at 4.1? Of course, I'm not an idiot. Okay? Uh, I forget. I am an idiot. Who am I talking to? Ben. Ben, I'm not a moron. Okay? I understand what time it is. It's Brees Hall time. And if I can get him at 4.1, I'm going to try. But I'm telling you right now, he could be a top five running back. I have him on Fantasy Pros in a predictive mindset, mind you. I'm predicting, okay? I'm not trying to, to sort by ADP or draft rankings necessarily. Sometimes my draft rankings on Fantasy Pros can take a dump because I'll have someone like Brees Hall or someone like that ranked high and then if the situation doesn't pan out, it can tank the, the entire category. But then if I hit it, bro, you can you can finish one, two, or three. And I'm not just trying to make a splash with it. I firmly believe Javante Williams is a top one or two running back. I am the highest on fantasy pros for running back rankings on Javante and Brees Hall. There's not an analyst that has either yeah. one of them higher than I do. I think one of them could be top two. I think the other one could be top five. And so Hall, ETN, and then another round down, I would say Montgomery. That's the answer. Gotcha, gotcha. And what do you think the reason why Montgomery is not really a good pick? Is it maybe because of that terrible O-line, or is it like just because the Bears are just so shit? I think he's a good like pick. I think it just depends on where. Like, do I like Monty? Monty's got a pretty decent schedule. Uh, I think they're going to lean on the run pretty, pretty right. hardcore. I don't think Fields is like going to open it up and just be some mo- – so it's going to be balanced. They're going to want to run the ball. Um, Nagy's not there, who was the demise of Monty in some ways. I, may, maybe Monty explodes. Monty has good value. I don't want you to come away from this saying, Smitty hates Monty, I'm not going to draft him, and then you're on the clock in the fourth round where I said I would draft Monty, and you're like, I'm going to pass because I didn't get a good vibe from Smitty on Monty. I don't want to give off that kind of um, vibe. Let me put Monty on screen here so people know who we're talking about. I think Monty is a good value in round four. But I just don't think he's in the ETN and Brees Hall category. It doesn't mean I don't like him. I think he could be a value. If you get him as your fourth fourth drafted player in the fourth round, that that's good. That that's that could have some win a league potential. I think. Yeah. You know, it's just ETN in round four win a league potential. ETN at three point seven, still sneaky good win a league potential. To be honest with you, but it's a lot less. It's a little more risk, right? So ETN in round four, Monty in round four. You hit home runs from that. Brees Hall in round four, you'd he'd hit a home run with that. Um, Ryan, yeah, dropping a uh, Ryan is a is, let's see Ryan Ryan's a YouTube member for twenty two months. Damn Ryan, appreciate Holy crap. appreciate that. Uh, anything else, uh, Ben? Um, yeah, actually, I got one more question. Um. Late round running backs. Who's um, who's your favorite? Is it Algier or is it somebody else like Rashad White or um, I love both. I don't know, like Alexander Madison. Or I love all three. Darrell Williams, whoever. Yeah, I love all three, bro. Uh, yeah, but well, who would your favorite be though? Like the draft. Like would it be Algier because he has that James Robinson, Elijah Mitchell upside, or anybody um, else? Yeah. I'd say Algiers probably number one. Rashad White kind of tied with him. 
Um, I think Algier, because you get him so much later than White, that it has a little more appeal. I think um, Tony Pollard has a lot of that same vibe to him, and you're getting him. Tony Pollard is running back 30. That's pretty good. It's not as right. late. It's yeah. not as not as late, but I want to bring it up. Uh, Damian Pierce from Houston's got a lot of nice appeal. Tyler Algier, like like we're talking about, is probably the most. Looking at the looking at the draft board right here, Alexander Madison, I love. Um, Khalil Herbert's got good value. McKissick's got good value. I would say Hassan Haskins is kind of crafty. Batty's very crafty. Like at the end of your draft, Samir White's kind of crafty at the end of your draft. Ty Davis Price is crafty at the end of your draft. Yeah, overall, from every name I read, the one that gives me the the tingly, warm feeling in my in my soul is Tyler Algier. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So that kind of same thing with me too, honestly. Yeah, but, that's nice awesome. Feeling. Well, thank thank you so much for answering my call. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Hey very, Ben, very much appreciate it. Ben, we're a big fan of you. So call back anytime. Thank you. Hey, fancy football show over fancy headliners any day. Any day. Way better than fancy headliners. Way better. All right, later. Hey, you heard it from here. You heard it from Ben. You heard it from Ben. Ryan, appreciate you being here since subscriber fourteen. That's crazy, bro. Twenty-two months. Uh, it showed on the screen anniversary. Um, I gotta get to kill Patrick's. You're live in the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Oh, uh, you're talking to the Bruce. The Bruce. Hey, the Bruce, can we read these these super chats real quick and then you and I get to your question? Yeah, go ahead. You can help me go answer ahead. you can help me ha- answer them. Uh let me save your number in my I got to I'm going to start saving everybody's number here so I can I can identify when you're calling and I can see I can prepare. This is the Bruce coming. Uh so Kilpatrick wants to know, Kilpatrick, you're still there, right? Can you talk about the 49ers? I love Trey Lance. I love Kittle, Debo, Ayuk this year. The Bruce, I forget. I, I'm sorry I don't have a good memory with some of the little stuff like this, but you are high on Lance or not high on Lance? I feel like you're one or the other. Oh, I'm high on Lance. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm high on Lance. Um, I'm I, high on I mean, Kilpatrick, I talk about it a ton, so I'll keep it short. I'll just say that Trey Lance is a top five to seven quarterback in the making, in my opinion. Even if I'm wrong on that, he has the weaponry that nobody else really has that's in his situation, especially with the other quarterbacks that came out in his year. Um, he's walking into Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Mitchell, Ty Davis Price, Danny Gray. Unbelievable lineup. Top five to seven defense. I think Trey Lance is going to explode, and everybody that's doubted him is going to look like an absolute fool because there's he could only get hurt. That is the only thing that can happen. There's no way this man that had zero interceptions and 42 touchdowns, 42 or 44 touchdowns in college, 14 rushing touchdowns, zero INTs, innate instinct to tuck and run, not a gadget player, not a running quarterback only. He runs because he's a monster. He doesn't run because he needs to. He runs because it's fun. And this guy's going to score 8 to 10 touchdowns on the ground, run for 550 to 600 in his sleep without even trying. That's only to get away. And he runs and throws the football on the run as good as anybody that I've seen in a long time come out of college, if not for the last decade in terms of coming out of college and being prepared to throw on the run that he's going to actually make it so difficult for defenses to contain this offense because he's going to be rolling out. And as he's rolling out, you're not sure whether you can pursue him 
because if you fully commit to him, he's going to launch a 50-60 yard bomb that doesn't go above the goalposts. It's going to be a dart. His cannon this man has, it's a cannon, bro. On the run off his back foot with his feet twisted, sitting Indian style in the air. This dude can throw 50, 60 yards below the goalposts. We had Eric Davis, former 49er great, come on and talk to us on Instagram on a live. He comes on all the time. He's like a, a, he's like a fourth person that comes on our quad box show on Instagram. He came on and said, when Trey Lance throws the football, it doesn't go above the goalpost, the, the, the vertical part. And that, that's how you know a quarterback has a cannon. As a defensive player, he said he'd lick his chops when a ball would go up high and, and you just had all this time in the world to get under it. Trey Lance can throw a missile below the goalpost. And when you have a defensive player like Eric Davis tell you that this guy's a huge difference maker and under center, all the offensive line issues become a whole lot smaller because everybody on the defense backs up. You're, you're, you're rushing one less player, less stacked boxes. The running game's better. It all cascades and trickles together. And then before you know it, Trey Lance season is upon you. And you feel very, very uh, shameful when you have stuff on record that says he's going to bust. Okay, so we got that question out of the way. Uh, the Bruce, did you want to add anything very short to what I just said? No, no. I mean, he, he stepped into the perfect situation. And whatever Jimmy G couldn't get uh, get done, be prepared because Trey Lance is. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny uh, Power says, still green, ready to turn blue. And serve and protect. Thank you, Kenny, for the super chat. Thank you, Ron Navy, for the super chat. The Bruce, you're up. What do you want to talk about? Uh, do you think the Dolphins are going to use the same uh, philosophy as the 49ers with the three-headed monster? So, like the wideback stuff? The wideback, three different running backs. Like, they signed, what is it, Sony Michelle and... and was it Gaskins in the, or and Raheem Mostert in the yeah, Gaskins has been the, Gaskin has been there. Honestly, if you want my opinion oh, well. on who the best running back there is, and, and I might get a lot of people to disagree because people use box scores. People use how successful was he previously, and that's all they kind of look at, and and they don't really like give like Clyde. A lot of people look at Clyde over Zelaire, and they say something about him that that doesn't really speak to like a fair a fair assessment. And I think in the case of of Gaskin, he's the best running back on that roster. And on top of that, he fits the McDaniel mentality and what he wants to do with the the run and mixing things up and all the trick plays and craftiness of, of the play calling. He is the reverse, the opposite, the polar opposite of what Debo is. He's the running back version of Debo that you could play at wide receiver. So uh, I'm kind of like tempted to grab Gaskin at the very end, the last pick in a lot of my bigger drafts that have bigger benches where you're drafting guys like Gerald Everett, you know, and you're putting him on your bench as a backup tight end. Like drop Gerald Everett and grab Gaskin. You know, uh, another player that, that you might be grab like uh, Curtis Samuel. Forget Curtis Samuel and pick up Gaskin and just wait on him because if he gets in there... If his skill set can get utilized by McDaniel, he'd have a top 10 running back season. I'm not saying it's a good shot. He's not even like second on the depth chart from what I can tell. I'm a little disappointed. As much as I love Miami Mike McDaniel, I feel like 
he's dropping the ball a little bit on the quarterback evaluation part of this, and he should have went after a bigger name quarterback, and he's dropping the ball on the running back uh, hierarchy there from what I can tell. Maybe he's going to not tell everybody what he's thinking, but we haven't heard any whispers about Gaskin at all. And I don't know if Gaskin's injured or something. If anybody has any information on Gaskin, let me know. But I really like him. To answer your question, the Miami wide receiver situation, the running backs and, and wide receivers, the quarter, the way they, they operate, it's going to be very much like what you saw in San Francisco, yes. Because he is an architect of what you saw. He is an architect, a major architect, in what you saw out of Debo Samuel. So you're, you're going to definitely see Tua try and play that role. Game manager, Jimmy G type situation. Uh, a lot of misdirections and polling, offensive line polling, and different plays that, that look a little bit like the Niners system because that's what McDaniel grew up in and also helped facilitate. So I think you're going to see a lot of, of, of fun offensive play calling by McDaniel. You know, and, and to, um, the, to this point, to this point right here, even though you're not going to run Tyreek Hill up the gut, this this comment here is very true that he is probably the best running player on the team. So if you get him in jet sweep opportunities, end around, throw the football to him one yard back behind the line of scrimmage, and let him take off like Debo in a wide back role, he could be become the perceived best runner on the team. So I agree with this comment. What do you, what else you got? Uh, what do you think of, uh, he doesn't like fantasy, but Josh Jacobs value. He's kind of like a guy where even though he hates fantasy, is he still kind of like in the realm of being a good late round running back? Well, later round, like five, six. For, for which one? For who, which player? Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, if he fell that far, I'm okay with that. I've been in mock drafts where Jacobs has been there around six because people know that I don't love Jacobs, and so like he just falls in a mock draft. Like no one wants to be the guy that's like, I liked your team, but Josh Jacobs, so he'll fall, and then I'll be sitting there around six going, I'd take Jacobs here and you know smash it, but I probably look to actively trade him. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I don't think I, I don't think I would hold on to that value and let it fall off the face of the earth because. There's a there's a strong shot that he crushes six round value, but I, I think there's an even stronger shot that I could trade him for a player I just like a whole lot better that I could draft in round four or five. You know, like if you can get a DK Metcalf for Josh Jacobs, tr- tr- I'm taking Josh Jacobs to trade him and flip him for DK all day long. If you can get, you know, like in hindsight, if I if somebody snipes Kenneth Walker. I'd probably be like, dang it, you know, let me take Josh Jacobs and try and trade him for Kenneth Walker, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't, I, I like yeah. Kenneth Walker more long term in the season. Week one, you can't expect a lot. I can't emphasize enough, and I, I feel like I do a good job hammering home the point, but no, no one's listening to an extreme degree because they just hear the positives. Kenneth Walker is a sixth, seventh, eighth rounder for a reason because his role is not completely defined yet. It's going to take him time to, to work up the depth chart and get a hold of that starting job it could take until week five. And if I get somebody in here that says, Smitty, I trusted you, and I drafted Kenneth Walker in round three or four, which I'm not recommending ever, and they say, it's week four, Smitty, and I haven't seen Kenneth Walker get majority of the work yet. I'm getting worried. Should I trade him? And I'm going to say, why would you trade a guy I told you to draft to wait on until he got unleashed? 
Well, Smitty, I took him early because running backs were good. You weren't listening, Bob. Don't take Kenny Walker <laughs> round four. Don't, especially don't take him in three. And you don't take him even at the beginning of round five. You don't need to. In some of our mock drafts, even I might reach a little more form than I should because we're all sniping each other. But in a real world setting, he is there in late five every single time. He's there in six almost every single time. Why would you not take the chance and gamble on Kenny Walker in round six when he falls there almost every time? Take the gamble. Let somebody else take Walker away from you if they get cute and draft him. But Kenny Walker does not belong in anywhere before round six because he can win you a league in round six and beyond. And you're going to waste your opportunity and squander it away because all you hear is that Smitty's calling him a top 10 potential running back and I'm going to just take him in round four. I'm just going to take him in round four. You're not going to have a running back starting week one, maybe, if you do that. So don't. Take him to win a league. Don't take him to lose a league. And if I may add about Ken Walker, he only has one guy to beat out. From what I understand, Chris Carson, they're paying him this year, but they're paying him because he broke his neck Yeah, on their team. That's, that's from what I understand. Bro, Chris Carson is not a threat What? so ever i even have the x-ray of his neck and when i show you this and i've shown it before there's nothing to worry about this is chris carson's neck right here he has that in his it's it's insane like he shouldn't even go on the field like that is scary you know that that is not something that i want to even toy around with if I'm him and you don't you don't even really have a shot anyway of climbing the depth chart. Chris Carson's never going to start for the Seahawks again or ever get a starting job again. Maybe to, to get paid, right? Like that's a good, I, I, he's got to feed his family, come back, get paid. But like, I wouldn't go back on the field if I'm him. That's just not worth it. He's done. No. He's done. He's done. Penny has to prove he can stay healthy and I don't think he can. He's had a lot of time to prove it to Bruce. I'm banking on Kenny. So Kenny Walker is ultra talented. I'm telling everybody watching right now, Kenny Walker is a top five to 10 running back talent wise. I can't promise anything. I don't make the decisions in Seattle. All I can tell you is I identify the talent. We feel like the situation's pretty darn good. The path seems like it's a little cloudy because Penny did well at the end of the year. He's he was one of, if not the best running backs in a very short period of time in the final stretch of the season. The last month, he was top one to two, one to three, depending on your scoring, that this guy is going to absolutely be a, mon- a monster coming into 2022 is what everybody's thinking. And then they draft Kenny Walker. Like Penny had really good fourth round value. He's a good prospect. He was kind of fun to draft. And then they drafted Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker's skill set is absolutely amazing. Kenny Walker will bump out Penny, even if Penny stays healthy. In time, if Penny State gets hurt, then it's game on and it's Kenneth Walker season. And we're going to be literally punching this button over and over and over the Bruce. That's right. Hey, Penny, super handcuff. That's my opinion. What else you got? Uh, with What do you think of Clyde Edwards Hilaire? I, I seen he didn't get a green marker and I was like, does he not like Clyde's value? I, I mean, I I, t- I tackle something going on at the risk of repeating myself and having people get tired of hearing the same thing. I rewatch my part on Clyde because I talk about him for a good fifteen minutes. But I like the value. Okay. I like the value of the Bruce. I think I think it's sixth, seventh round value, more seventh round. 
He's got something to prove. He knows the offense. The wide receiver room is a mess with a lot of players, not one or two. Almost the entire wide receiver room doesn't know the playbook yet fully, and it's absolutely going to be disastrous, I think, in the wide receiver room for a little while. They don't want to then mix in a running back that doesn't know how to particularly pass block for Mahomes or pass block the way they want and also doesn't know the playbook. So I'm not this whole Ronald Jones starting from this beat reporter or this 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 athletic reporter that said that he believes that Ronald Jones is a serious candidate to start. He, that's his that's his perception. That's like me saying on my show today, I think Clyde Edwards Lair has probably the best chance to start in KC and be really really underrated. Why doesn't NBC Sports take my clip of me saying that and and make a little post about it. They're doing it with the athletic. That's all it is. It's just they decided to take that guy's statement and put it on paper and everybody thinks, oh my God, this is in motion. It's not in motion. It's one man's opinion. If you trust him, then roll with it. If you trust me, and I could be wrong on the Clyde front, but I believe Clyde's in a real good position, the Bruce. So what what else you got? Anything else? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the next caller. But uh, you, you're no, obviously I'm, I'm welcome right. to call I back anytime. I just had to ask about, like, Jacobs and all that because I was like, I like Josh Jacobs' value, but do I like him over, like, an A.J. Dillon? It, it's preference, I guess. Yeah. Like, my preference is Jacobs. All right, the Bruce. Appreciate you. Yep. Thank you. See you. All right. We're going we're gonna to shut the phone line down, and we're going to go to the voicemails. I appreciate everybody that called in phone line is off now we go to voicemails baby voicemails it's voicemail time drop a voicemail at the fantasy football show on the gram tell your grandma now we have a super chat by uh ron navy who says uh be wide receiver room be like the three stooges it's it's just yeah it's it's not consistent the last thing that Andy Reid and the the coaching staff and the team in general wants is uh everybody to be brand new to the system it's so complicated in KC it's so complicated I'm rooting for uh, Ely NBC Sports hating on you Smitty that's why they don't run your news apparently my news isn't news my news is speculation this predictive analyst that just out there to get clicks. Smitty's just trying to get clicks when he says Brees Hall can be top 5 to 10. He's trying to get clicks by putting Javante at 2 overall in Fantasy Pros' rankings. This man, what's he doing? We're not reporting on what this guy says. I don't care. I don't need anybody. All I need is you. I work for you. We don't need anybody. We're taking this thing to the top, just you and me. That's all we need. We don't need, there's no gateway anymore. There's no, there's no brand deal standing in our way. There's no, there's no platform or record deal like in the old days for even musicians. This world is wide open. You can become the number one music artist in the world based on a single TikTok that you throw out. You can become the next Pat McAfee. We're going to have something bigger than any of us ever imagined in a couple years. We're blowing up here. we got 147 people in here right now. Punch the thumbs up. Let's match the thumbs up with the viewers. Subscribe if you're new. And we're taking this thing to the moon. To the moon. Uh, first voicemail is by... 
Who is this? Jim? Hey, Smitty. For redraft purposes, it's not the most exciting offense in the league, but which Titans wide receiver would you rather draft and would you rather have this year? Do you think it's going to be Robert Woods or do you think Traylon Burks is going to be the wide receiver one there? Who would I rather draft? The Tennessee wide receiver room? None of them. None of them. I'm, you can't even get me to answer that question. I'm staying clear of the Tennessee wide receiver room. You've got A.J. Brown leaving, and now that wide receiver room is is bare bones. Is the can is more bare bones than the Kansas City Chief wide receiver room. It's in a void, a complete void. Robert Woods is coming back from an ACL tear. Robert Woods is coming back from an ACL tear, and he's also learning a new playbook with a quarterback that just had. His number one wide receiver ripped from him and had to watch his team draft Malik Willis and he's looking over his shoulder and he's not happy about it. They asked him, will you will you mentor Malik? No, I'm not here to mentor. He's pissed off. He doesn't want to be there anymore. I bet you Tannehill would request a trade or want out in a heartbeat if he felt like somebody would take him, which they won't because this man was built off the back of A.J. Brown. And now, like at the club, when the lights turn on, we're going to see what Tannehill really looks like now that he has no A.J. Brown. The lights are coming on, Tanny, and we're going to see what you look like, pal. And I don't think we're going to like what we see, to be completely honest with you. And so that's not going to translate well. And, and, And Burks is probably the better the most attractive option, but I'm staying clear of it. I'm staying totally clear of it. Hey, Smitty, how do you feel about Fryermuth playing in a second or third flex spot? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know what's crazy about Fryermuth? The Muth! Fryermuth to the moon! To the moon. What's crazy about Fryermuth is that if, let's say, the Steelers landed Aaron Rodgers, you know, or if the Steelers uh, ended up getting Russell Wilson or something like that. And there was talk about all that when, when the quarterback controversies and, and trading was potentially in the works. If Muth had got Aaron Rodgers, you wouldn't see anybody sleeping on him. Friar Muth would be in everybody's top five tight end rankings. He would be the most popular kid in school if he had a quarterback like that throwing him the football. The problem is he is a little bit limited and capped a little bit, not a ton, enough to still make him a sleeper, which is kind of good in a way, because you don't know what he's going to get target-wise. We don't know if Trubisky can actually water all of these plants that are around him, and there are a lot There are a lot of plants to water. He's got Deontay, he's got Claypool, he's got Najee Harris, he's got Fryermuth, and then this Pickens kid, who's really, really good as a rookie wide receiver. The Muth has to share a lot but I really, really, really like him. And I think he could score seven to nine, seven to 10 touchdowns. Maybe he doesn't get a thousand yards because he's not in that kind of offense right now um, or with that kind of quarterback support. But as a, a flex in a bind, yeah. Like you, if you got Fryermuth on your bench as your second tight end and you've got Andrews or something like that, and Fryermuth goes at round 10, 11, or 12. So it's not that crazy to pick a a backup tight end at that point either. I've done it many, many times. And Ricky says he's TD dependent. And Ricky, like I just said, even if he is TD dependent, that's good. There's some some weeks, Ricky, where you're in a bind, bro. You got injuries, you got bye weeks, and you can put in a guy that you feel very comfortable getting 20 to 30 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good, Ricky. So I would say this is actually a very, very smart strategy that I've used in several leagues so far this year. And I, I, Smitty approved the. You've 
just been Smitty approved. T totally, totally, totally Smitty approved the approach to grab him not as your every week flex player, but as a secret weapon injury by week fill in. 100% love it. Hey, Smitty, is Chuba Hubbard a super handcuff again this year, or is he a waiver wire pickup? Chuba Hubbard is probably an avoid for me until you you see that Foreman's not the backup or something. So, um, you all are tripping Najee going to ball out. Who said Najee wasn't going to ball out, official? Who said Najee? We love Najee here. What are you talking about? Kenny. Hey, Smitty. Just wondering if you could break down a trade from the Drake League. Uh, RDJ trades Adams, Gibson, and Hurts for ETN, Aaron Jones, and Fields because he already has Burrow at quarterback. Uh, we're just wondering if you could break that down for us. I need to hear that again. Uh, RDJ trades Adams, Gibson, and Hurts for ETN, Aaron Jones, and Fields because he already has Burrow at quarterback. Uh, we're just wondering if he could break that down for us. He already has Burrow at quarterback. So Adams, Gibby, Hurts, ETN, just, I don't really care who has who at quarterback. You can't factor a trade in necessarily. Like, I don't know if you want to overturn this or people are upset about it or like, I'm just going to evaluate the trade. The player for player. Aaron Jones, ETN, Fields, Gibby, Adams, Hurts. You could, I mean, especially if you, I mean, if you need it, Hurts, it makes a lot of sense to go acquire this side of it. I mean, Gibby arguably could be as good as Aaron Jones. And Adams and, and ETN, everyone's drafting Adams ahead of ETN, obviously. So you're going to, you're going to get more value on the Jones side, but arguable in a crazy world scenario. And ETN and Adams, arguable in a crazy world scenario, but both sides of that. Aaron Jones beats Gibby about as much as Adams beats ETN. And if you want to say uh, Aaron Jones beats Gibby by a whole bunch more, that's why the Hurts factor is there. And if you did need a quarterback, it makes a lot of sense. But from just a player-for-player -player perspective, I think it's very arguable, very even. I would probably lean toward, if, if let's say... I'm starting both these quarterbacks, which I know isn't the case, but I'm trying to lead. I'm trying to evaluate just the trade. I would lean toward this side by a lot because Hertz is going to absolutely explode over fields. In my opinion, Gibby and, and Aaron Jones won't be that far off. Although there's more risk here and Adams and ETN won't be that far off on either side. So it's a good trade. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm, I'm not suggesting that you wanted it overturned or looked at for that reason or anything like that, but I wouldn't even be able to figure out what side everybody was balking at. The Bruce. I'll ask you, Smitty, what is the best quarterback receiver or quarterback tight end handcuff going into this year? Handcuff? Do you mean stack or you mean handcuff? Like wide receiver handcuff, I think uh, that's a tough one because I, I would say like you're talking about wide receiver handcuff, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson in, in best ball. And if you want to try this out in best ball, get on over to Underdog Fantasy. 
Link is down in the description. Use promo code SMITTY or go to thefantasyfootballshow.com and click on the underdog banner at the top. But like in that scenario where you're in best ball and you can draft um, both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, I believe one of them is doing good every week. You just don't know which one, so it's a pretty good wide receiver cuff. It's it's one of the, the only ones you can really think of that makes a lot of sense, in my opinion. Uh, Gage and Godwin, maybe, but I'd rather just not... i just avoid Godwin. Wide receiver cuffs are weird. Like, there's not a lot of those scenarios out there, bro. There's not a lot of wide receiver... Like, you could maybe go Watson and uh, Lazard, but then you're, you're still going to have a problem with, like, both of them maybe wide receiver three capable, so I don't even know if it's, like, a cuff situation. Uh, as far as, like, quarterbacks or tight end cuffs or anything like that, I, I don't... I don't think there's anything that that, that stands out, bro. Um, next question is from the Bruce. Hey, Smitty. What's the earliest I should draft Joe Burrow and get people burrowed in the league? Um, I'm thinking like fourth round. Then I was thinking third round. I don't know. What's the earliest you would take Joe Burrow to get people burrowed? Uh, 4.12. I don't. That's not the earliest, but like when I'm drafting Burrow early in the fourth round, which is early, Burrow in round four. I think the only place that makes a whole lot of sense, given the players that are available, is the end of four, four point one two to five point one, the swing right in. Or I'm sorry, four point one two is your and your not your turn. So it's three point. So you have three. You have one point one two. See here, one point one two and two point one and three point one two to four point one. So four point one. I'm sorry, four point. Why did I say four point one two? Four point one. I like him at four point one. The earliest I would go. Don't go third round. Four point one at the twelve pick. I think a lot of the time you're getting them in round five though. So I think people are getting burrowed left and right, and people are gonna remember it. Get burrowed. You're smarter to try and get him in round five. But the problem is if you're picking at 5.12, so if you're in the 12 pick, he's probably not going to fall to 5.12. If you think your league is capable of letting him fall to 5.12, then by all means do it. But I would take Burrow as my fourth drafted player without hesitation if I'm drafting, in an example, Javante Swift at 12 and 13, and then you're getting like a McLaurin and Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Seth Jocelyn dropping a 9.99 hauler. That sucker is getting autographed and sent to the winner of the league that you just got in, Seth. DM me on Instagram, Seth. DM me on Instagram, Seth. You're in the No Bench League. If you already did that and gave me the information I asked for, then we're good. (sighs) Where are we at? The Bruce? Question is, Smitty. We want a share of CMC in one league. You want a share of Henry in another league. But how many shares of Dalvin Cook do you want? I mean, hey, man, Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, he's... The man. So if you just get the handcuff of Cook and Madison, doesn't that equal one Henry 
one CMC and you get to pick them later or now. You make a good point and I 100% agree if it's at the right value. So if you're talking end of round one, I could take Cook there. I could take Cook and Adams. I could take Cook and Javante. I could take Cook and Swift. I can take Cook and Debo. I could do that. It's going to be in one league though because this shoulder that this guy has is really, really bad off. And let me give you the example that I always do with the piece of paper. Um, his shoulder is literally, if you look at it from a ball and socket perspective, here's the socket, here's the ball. And when you have a ball and socket like that in your shoulder, there's something that's called the labrum that is like a, a it's almost like a thick rubber seal. If you could imagine this ball and socket fitting in very, very nice and, and, and smooth, it could come out really easy, right? And if you put this rubber seal in all the way around, that thick seal is thick enough to hold the ball in, even if it's, if it's pulled on. Obviously, if you pull someone's shoulder as hard as you could, you're going to break that rubber seal out. It's not rubber, but if you, if you understand the concept of what I'm talking about, if it was like a, a seal. Well, this guy, Dalvin Cook, has, has ripped that out several times. And if you look at this example here, Imagine that this paper kind of represents the labrum holding the ball into the socket. And when you tear it out, when it doesn't, it's not fitting, you create a potential opening that if this ball, so even if you put it back in, if this ball rotates in just the right way and you don't have that tear fixed, it can come out again. The more it comes out, the more it tears all these other pieces in there. We don't know what his labrum looks like. His labrum could literally look like that. And we don't have that information. He's done this so many times. You can only repair it so much as well. And we don't know what the repairs look like either. We do know that his shoulder is a huge risk of popping out at any moment. And I, I'm, just not, I'm just not a big fan of taking Cook over Swift or Javante. I'm not a fan of taking Cook over any of the three wide receivers, the top dogs. I'm not a fan of taking Cook over Adams. You know, so if I can get Javante and Adams, I'm taking Javante and Adams. Do I like Cook with Madison enough to do it in one league if my, my top guys at 12 are not there? Yeah, but am I taking Cook at 7? I'm not. I'm just not. That's me. You guys do what you want. I'm here to try and give you the best way I can uh, I can analyze that and break it down. And some people, they don't like the idea of, of me trying to predict injury. And I'm not trying to necessarily predict injury. I'm trying to avoid injury. There is a big difference between avoiding injury and predicting injury. And your boy Smitty is here to try and help you avoid all the injuries that you can avoid when you can avoid them. Where is my voicemail group too? You guys haven't? Dropped a voicemail. Voicemail group two is trying to say they're better than voicemail group one. If you're not first, you're last, voicemail group two. You haven't dropped a voicemail out of almost 30 of you in literally two shows. And we've got voicemail group one blowing you out of the water. The graveyard shift isn't responsible for dropping voicemails during the day show. They're responsible at night. So it's up to voicemail group two to step up their game quite a bit. In order to, I mean, this is the way it's going to operate when you guys do your voicemail group one versus voicemail group two fantasy league that you're setting up. I have some, I have some worries about voicemail group two right now. Kind of dropping the ball. Let's let's ramp it up. Let's ramp it up. 
Pearson. Pearson dropped one. Where's Pearson's? I don't have it, Pearson, if it's in the group, but I have Vito. Vito's coming through. Hey, Smitty, quick question for you. Who would you take out of the three? Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, or Mike Evans? Thank you. Keenan, Evans, A.J. Brown? Is that what he said? Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Brown and then Evans kind of like neck and neck. Um... And I could go either way. I understand the appeal of both of them. And then I'd say tear break Keenan Allen. And that's not a rip on Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen could be pretty good. TM, you can leave me a voicemail just by DMing me on Instagram and holding down the mic microphone. And if you do that, I might throw you in voicemail group two so you can help pull the weight that voicemail group two is dropping the ball on right now. The same thing with P- Pearson. Are you in one of the voicemail groups? If not, I got to add you to voicemail group too. Smitty, Pearson here. Um, where do you take Kenny Walker in a rookie only draft for Dynasty? Let me know. Kenny Walker in a rookie only draft for Dynasty. As high as I have to, you'd have to kind of see the, the, the rank list, bro. Like, I, I don't even know where I would push the envelope at where my line is I mean I imagine I could get it in the third round and feel still very comfortable because I think he's going to be a star do I like him better in round four if he's going in six seven eight in redraft I I can only imagine Kenny Walker's got enough doubters that he should be going in four so I would say if you can get Kenny Walker in four in a dynasty oh you said rookie only didn't you rookie only okay rookie only is number two I'm sorry I thought you were saying, I yeah, I misunderstood. If it, it let me let me answer both those so people kind of feel feel me. I I do think it's right around fourth round value in a startup. In a dynasty only, he is the only number two pick. He's the only number two. So I'll put that on the screen. Walker's number two. It's Brees Hall. He's not number one. I've gone back and forth on where I've ranked him, and I kind of like, I kind of got excited about him. And at one point started talking about him as the one, but as the ADP data hasn't moved, as the the talk about getting him into the lineup for week one hasn't kicked into gear, he definitely is not ranking higher than Brees Hall. Brees Hall is going to win leagues for people, be a top five to 10 running back. Kenny Walker can win leagues for people. It's a little riskier proposition, but that's why in redraft, he goes in six, seven, eight round territory in dynasty because he's a little bit of a riskier proposition in terms of what does the team view him as? When do they view that change to happen? I mean, it's Penny. Penny's not there next year. Penny's not there for the long term. So to me, I think people are dropping the ball on ranking him. But I would say he's fourth round capable and definitely a steal in the fourth round in Dynasty startups. And in rookie only, he's number two. Rockout says 31 likes. Good job, everybody. That's a good amount of likes. That's awesome. I'm I'm proud of everybody for hitting that thumb up button. Appreciate you. Subscribe if you're new. Don't just don't just uh this is Gary. Gary, I might throw you in the Smitty, voice. What up, man? Have a question. Drafting at the one oh two. Yes, sir. I think... Hey Smitty, because there's so much value at the uh, running back this year, do you think going wide receiver at the one oh two is smart in hopes to get someone like a Brees Hall or an ETN in that second or third round? Appreciate you, man. Um, I mean, I always say draft best player available, but in that, 
you encompass what you expect to happen with your league. That's all part of best player available. Do you have a tight end already? Well, you can't draft a second tight end in a row if you only start one. That's not best player available. It doesn't matter if they're the best player on the board. There's there's a lot that is incorporated in best player available. Best player available is not drafting the highest ranked guy on the ADP list. That's 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 stupidity. Best player available is drafting the best player at that draft slot, given everything that's going on. And I think that that when we're looking at JT coming off the board, easily could argue Jamar Chase number two. If you know your 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 people well. And you know that they're going to consume running backs, just completely, you know, absorb them all the way to your next pick in, in at the two point one one. You gotta really consider. You gotta extremely consider going running back Najee Harris if you think you're going to be put in a box that's going to make you chase running back the whole draft because Najee and Chase are so close. We gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Oat Smasher says still down. For the no bench league, you like James Cook, like Rashad White. You like James Cook, like Rashad White. Do I like James Cook, like Rashad White, I think is what you're asking me. Um, let me put this on screen. and Let me let me answer that after I finish this. Where was I even at? I forget. What was the question? Hey, Smitty. Because of going wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase at two. I love I love Najee at, at number two as well. And because of that, I think going Najee probably puts you in a better position. However, if you think, Gary, that Javante could fall to your... And he can. He does it all He does it all the time. People DM me and say, I got Javante at 3.1. I got Javante at 2.10. Granted, they're probably playing with their grandma. But it happens. It happens, bro. All the time. So, I like... Rashad White over Cook. Yeah, I like Rashad White over Cook. I do. I mean, they're both good. Najee, less work this year. I mean, but is he more efficient, Ricky? Is he more efficient is the question. Thank you, Gary, for the questions. I'm going to put you in the voicemail group, too. They need you. They need you, broski. Um, voicemail group one, Kyle. Hey, Smitty, is there any players with an ACL injury that you're okay taking this year? Mm, no. I mean, I, I'd take anybody at the right value, but J.K. Dobbins, no. Tunyon, no. God, Godwin, no. ACLs are, they take a full year to recover. And I don't, I don't feel there's any situation that warrants like the ADP value that I can think of. Gus, the bus, no. Hey, Woods, Gary, no. Robert here. Woods, no. Hey, Smitty. What's your thoughts on Noah Fant this year? I realize he's bottom of the barrel tight end. With you being the number one uh, tight end uh, guru in the industry for the last two years, buddy. Uh, what's your thoughts for the season coming up? Uh, fans like outside the top 10. I mean, when you look at tight end rankings, bro, like here's the tight end. This is not my ranking. This is the ADP for tight ends. So I'm going to value these guys differently. So don't look at this list and be like, Smitty, I thought you liked, uh, I I thought you liked Friar moves. Why is he ranking so low? These are the top 21 tight ends in the fantasy football industry. According to multiple ADP datas 
averaged together. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, uh, George Kittle, Waller, Dalton Schultz is a steal, even though that's good ranking and respect. I think he could be the number two or number three tight end. Uh, Hawkinson, Goddard, Ertz, Dawson, Knox, I love a lot at 10. Gesicki, Cole Komet, Fryermuth. Look at that. 13th ranked tight end. Literally, everyone will already have a tight end in some leagues that don't know what time it is. And Fryermuth could be your tight end you grab in like 11 or 12 when no one's ready to take backup tight ends yet. It's crazy. Er Smith. Look at Fant down at 15. Now, I think Fant could go, he could float in the 13 to 16 range. You know, I don't know that he's going to get fours fed in Seattle. I don't know what they're going to do with them, but he's got a lot of upside. So, like, if you rank him 12, 13, 14, I'm, I'm okay with that. But give me Fryermuth all day long over him. Give me Fryermuth ahead of Gesicki, Komet, and I'm not saying I don't like Komet or Gesicki, over Ertz, over... Give me Fryermuth over Hawkinson. Call me crazy. I, I'm the one that, that predicted Hawkinson, according to Fantasy Pros, is the highest ranking person on ha- ha- Hawkinson his breakout year. Not one analyst had Hawkinson ranked higher than I do. So I think I have some authority to speak on Hawkinson and whether I think uh, Muth can outscore him. I think Muth can outscore him. I'm not saying that either one of them is bad. I absolutely love him. Um, yeah. So there's that. Thank you, Terry, for the question. Okay, voicemail two group. And, you know, Andy Grace, you're like Debo Samuel in this voicemail two group. You, you put everybody on your back and you carry them some weeks. Smitty, I do not handcuff. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's worked out for me in the past. Either the players just aren't startable, I have someone better, or they're just sitting on my bench the whole year. So I know you're big on the handcuff, so why would I give up my opportunity at a late-round sleeper or mid-round sleeper of a RB2 that I actually like to handcuff a player? I got to type, so I'm going to put them on my head. Handcuffs. I think, uh, just close the app. Handcuffs. I don't know. You know what I, you know what I think? And Andrew, don't take this the wrong way. This is tough love, bro. This is tough love. I kind of feel like you're using a really blanket statement and you're vaguely categorizing everything. If you say that all handcuffs are bad, or that handcuffs don't work out. Andrew, Andy, I think you need to you need to take it case by case. It's not something you can say with a blanket statement. Handcuffing a player like um Marlon Mack with, with Damian Pierce. Why not just take Damian Pierce and not touch the situation? Handcuffing a running back like James Conner. That could work out, but that's one of those scenarios where if you're just doing it every time, it doesn't, you know, you're gonna be disappointed by it. Um handcuffing Austin Eckler. I, who knows if Spiller can even... He, he was so slow. and he, His combine was horrible. I don't know that that's something that I feel like, okay, yeah, that's going to work out. But like Elliot and Pollard, uh, Brees Hall and Carter's kind of, you know, one you might want to do. Um, Miles Sanders, who knows who's starting? Is it Gainwell? Is it going to be a Boston Scott type player? Like, you don't know. So it just depends on the situation, my man. Um, Swift, if Swift gets cuffed, who, who, I don't think that's going to necessarily work out, you know, to the degree that you're hoping AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, if you can even cuff that. Yeah. I like that a lot, but Aaron Jones sometimes goes higher cook and Madison. You have, you have to cuff those two. You have to, you have to, that will work out for you. I promise you, you'll, you'll sleep much better at night. You'll sleep like a baby at night. If you got 
Cook and Madison Cup together. So don't don't generalize the whole process. And it's definitely a case by case type of situation. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Andrew. Andy. Uh where's TM's message? TM. Where is Trey Lance ranked for you? Specifically in Superflex. Where should you draft him? That's tough because Superflex, you can't you can't suggest where you draft him because every Superflex, they lean quarterback differently. So that's an impossible question to answer in general. But I can tell you that I got Josh Allen and Herbert kind of as the one 2, two one I've got Burrow ahead of Mahomes and then Mahomes, tier break. Those are the top four quarterbacks. You can argue them in any order you want. Then you've got the Lamar Jackson, the Kyler Murray, the Jalen Hurts, and shall I say Trey uh, Trey Lance category. With Trey Lance maybe being at the bottom to be safe. I don't want to urge anybody to take him too early. But he could be at the bottom of that. What does that put him at? Four, five, six, seven, about eight or nine for quarterbacks. That's a very safe place to look at it. And you can easily get him there. I don't want people taking him as the fifth quarterback. Don't, don't not use ADP to your advantage. But could he climb to the very top of the group I just named? Could he be the number five overall fantasy football quarterback in fantasy football in the NFL? Could he be an MVP candidate? I think all the answers to those are he could be. And, and, and so putting him at the bottom of that tier is very safe. And he can very much, you know, get up to that that level. We got Ron Navy dropping yet another super chat. Ron Navy says, Ron, uh, let's see, throws Swaggy overboard. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I'm sure Swaggy's disagreeing with something that I'm saying. I'm not sure. Smitty, like he's an MVP. Grabbing Madison as a non-cook manager. It's a great running back one backup. Yeah, I'm always sniping Madison. Lance is a secret weapon. Absolutely, bro. Good question. Where in Superflex leagues are you drafting Trey Lance? Oh, I think, yeah, you asked that maybe twice. I'm not sure. But thank you for the message, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I think we're done with the voicemails. I think we're pretty much done with the show. We've been live for two hours and four minutes. Subscribe if you're new. Subscribe if you're new. Uh, Hit that like button on your way out the door we are live monday through friday we got 118 people still in here i hate to leave on you but we've done this thing for two hours we'll be back tonight to mock draft so if you're new i mock draft every single night pretty much once we get into you know mock draft mode and we're pretty much there uh jocelyn surprise is still the number one super chatter of the year in a single live stream he goes up top. I, sometimes I forget to turn this on, but let me know if I do, Jocelyn. But Jocelyn dropped a $300 wad on a single live stream, and so he belongs at the top. We also got the PayPal option down below if anybody wants to use that. But anybody that super chats over $9.99, $9.99 gets in the No Bench League. And you can DM me on Instagram if you end up not being able to punch the button in time. Let's reset this timer because we got a little bit more to say before we end. 133 of you in the building right now. Please punch the thumbs up on the way out the door. Get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get your lifetime membership, your one-on-one text device. I carry around two phones. One of those phones is for Miss Smitty to order whatever she wants for food when I go out and about and show you on Instagram what I'm getting for grub. And I'm feeling a little like tacos tonight. Miss Smitty, you want tacos? Meatloaf? 
I don't think she's in another room. So we want it now. <laughs> Get it. Uh, I think I should go get tacos. I think I, and you'll see me on Instagram live getting tacos if I'm doing it. So you got to follow me on Instagram. Let's restart this timer. You got to follow me on Instagram if you want to be involved in all the, the shenanigans I do throughout my day. Because Instagram's kind of like my life documented. It's kind of like my my vlog, my daily, my 24-hour vlog. And YouTube's like my business suit that I wear. Only I don't wear a suit. Um... But subscribe to my one-on-one text device at thefantasyfootballshow.com. All my bold predictions, rankings. I invented the instant-based trade calculator in 2003. All of it's been improved every single year. Go to thefantasyfootballshow.com for your lifetime membership. All that stuff. Get on over there. And uh, we're live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That means I'll be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. But as always, if there's ever breaking news, I immediately walk into my studio. I fire up the Zigmeister, who is kind of like my Jarvis. He fires up the studio, and I go live. I answer every comment that's in the comment section. So leave a comment and test me. And use that underdog link below. And until tomorrow... Or until tonight, we're doing uh, we're doing mock drafts tonight. So everybody, please subscribe to the channel so you don't miss the mock drafts. We'll be going live tonight to mock draft. Also, I'll be doing the Dynasty Channel stuff tonight after the mock draft. So be ready for that. Appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for all the super chats that everybody dropped. Um, I'll see you tonight for mock drafts. Mock drafts. ESP. We'll do three at a time, four at a time. Let's do it. Later. Appreciate you. Peace out. be a mock drafting tonight don't miss it be there graveyard shift is right we're mock drafting tonight do it live i think i need tacos uh, that means i'll be live on instagram very very soon i think i think i definitely need tacos i'm feeling it i'm feeling a taco vibe tonight it's taco thursday it's taco thursday baby i'm getting excited miss mini party has food ready She's probably cooked a thing of meatloaf because I was screaming meatloaf. I don't really want meatloaf. I don't really like meatloaf. Mashed potato tacos, maybe. Run to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Get the tacos. Do it live. Peace out, everybody. See you tonight. Mock draft Thursday night. We're mock drafting probably around midnight Eastern. We'll go a little earlier tonight. A lot of my Eastern people get upset. We're going a little early. Around midnight Eastern, I'll be back. Peace out. Until next time, Bubba. Catch you later, Bubba. Deuce, bro.